You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,228, and it's interview 1,542. I think we have a good one for you today. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast headquartered in Orange County, California. Serve First Solutions is an Inc. 5000 company that is designed to deliver business profitability to their clients with expert focus on a variety of payment solutions. I've invited one of their founders, Matthew Greco, to come on the show today as a part of our summer series on fast-growing Orange County companies. Matthew, welcome to Critical Mass. Thanks for having me, Rick. It's good, it. it's good to have you. Let's start maybe by having you tell us a little bit about what makes your firm unique? Sure. Good question. Uh, you know, over time, there's been a lot of consolidation in our space. Yes. And we've been able to resist a lot of the acquisition requests and consolidation out there. And I think it's because our unique approach to our people and our clients. And so the niche that we're in is the business to business space. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we really try to create a culture of family uh, at our office and uh, that doesn't end just with our employees. It, it, it extends to our clients as well. Okay, so for those of you that are watching us either live on YouTube or later, you might not notice, but there's another gentleman that's here in the studio. Can you tell us who you brought with you? Sure. You know, I brought actually our president. His name is Robert Beaton. And uh, Robert and I relaunched the company in 2009. Uh-huh. Uh, we were a couple of young men just out of college at Chapman University. And we thought, uh, hey, you know, the capital markets crisis is happening. The financial markets are just... You right, know, crumbling. Why don't we start a financial services firm? <laughs> so uh, okay, that strikes me as funny. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> when over... the fire, building's on fire, you two are running in, baby. Yeah, exactly. So that was over a decade ago, and uh, Robert and I have had a lot of fun along the way. Okay. And this year, we'll process two billion dollars in payments. Wow. That spanned all across the fifty states. Okay, so. That's a great story of growth, which is why they're on this show as a fast-growing Orange County-based company. What are the What's the niche? Where, where, sure. where did you find in this market that you guys could sure. create a beachhead? So our business has been around since 2002. And prior to Robert and my arrival, they were focused on retail markets. So brick-and-mortar businesses right. and helping them accept electronic payments. When Robert and I came on, we pivoted to the B2B world. And what that means is we go after people that are selling to other businesses instead of the consumer. And so wholesalers, manufacturers, that's where we found our niche. And we have a unique technology that allows us to process those payments for those businesses. How did you know or why did you two think that was the right place to pivot into? I mean, Good what question. did you see that others didn't see? Well, it's it's not the easy space to get into. Okay. The sales cycles are longer. They're more complex, more, more sophisticated. But we saw a really neat opportunity. The retail businesses, the attrition levels were high. People were jumping ship for just a small savings. Right, a little bit of savings. And the margins were being compressed over time because of the competition and the disruption that was happening in the space. So we decided to go after this market. It's over $20 trillion opportunity marketplace. And half of that business is still done by check, paper check or terms. And so we figured... Right, so you get an invoice and you pay it. 30, 60, 90, whatever it may be. For us, we said, you know what? There's value there. There's an opportunity there. And we're one of the few people that focus specifically on the B2B space in what we call level three data processing. 
Okay, now you're getting wonky on me. And a little bit into the weeds. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit into the technology weeds. Uh, so maybe some of you in the audience understand level three. I'm not quite there with you yeah, yet. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Are you? Okay. Well, that's comforting to know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Robert's got it. You got it? Yeah, okay. I got a thumbs up from the I president. I bring him everywhere. So. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, it's good that you guys get along that well. That you don't mind spending so much time He's together. Best bud, so. Right. So, well. so, what is different in your technology at a at a business person's level? Sure. That caused people to say, "Yeah, you guys." I assume what you have now, you had the seeds of in two thousand and nine. Is that true from That's a technology right. perspective? That's right. So, what is it? Sure. So, it's actually a gateway that lives online, and it's just like any sort of online financial portal that you would go to to maybe manage your business uh, for banking yes. you know, at your deposit bank. Yes. And we offer that to our businesses to actually run the cards through this portal. And what we're doing is we're transferring specific data points to the card associations, which is Visa and MasterCard, Discover, mm-hmm. and allowing them to share in the data that we have. And by doing so, it de-risks these transactions for them. And so they charge less to run them. Really? And that's really the basis of our whole industry is based on risk, just like most yeah, financial exactly. service right. companies. Someone's got to float the money. Yeah. So if you're standing there in front of a cash register and you're swiping that card, yes, that has a certain amount of risk to it. Right. And if you're behind a desk somewhere hundreds of miles away and you're typing a card into a computer, that has a certain amount of risk too. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is taking that second example of transactions yeah. and trying to de-risk it as much to the point where it's simulating a retail transaction. So let me spit it back back, back yeah, at you and tell do. me how far off of right I am on this one. So you're using transparency to enable the credit card companies to give your clients a lower rate. Exactly right. And that's what we've really prided ourselves on over the last 10 plus years is that in a sea of competition, and we never talk bad about our competition because it's just not a way to get business, but there are several bad actors out there and our our industry can be seen as unsavory. Yeah. It's kind of the redheaded stepchild to the financial banking world. Right. No offense to the redheads that are listening to the show today. We love them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what we've done is we've just pulled back the curtain and we've just really shown, you know, how the sausage is made. And we're okay with it. And a lot of times it's not the greatest thing to see or learn. But when you have an understanding about how things are priced and billed uh-huh. and we can build that trust we have clients that have been with us for over a decade, which is unheard of in our space. Exactly. But maybe that's part of the value of being B2B versus B2C. I, I don't think know. so. I no, think, 100%. Right. Once they get a good supplier, you get in, embedded there. So in the beginning, in the early days, the people look at you and go, what the... Did you get curious looks when you first started, or was it immediately apparent to your target audience you had a better mousetrap? You know, it was, uh, it was early going... It was a tough time. You know, Robert was our operations team, and I was our sales team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's not a lot you of... You look 20- young now. I can only imagine. Yeah, Ten years well, ago. There's not a lot of 25-year-olds raising their hands saying, don't pay me. I don't want to take a salary. Uh-huh. Um, all of our friends were going to take the biggest, sexiest job they could and maximize their earning potential. Well, they're Chapman grads. Why wouldn't they, for God's sake? Go, as, they, as they should. As they should. Uh, Robert and I were fortunate enough to surround ourselves with people that were mentoring us and really teaching us business and teaching us acumen that will impact us for years to come. Mm-hmm. And so we saw a longer uh, arc on our business career uh, than maybe others would. And so we sacrificed up front, and now I think the business is flourishing, and we're really proud of what we built over the years. This is awesome. So uh, I'm talking with Matthew Greco. He is one of the two founders, along with Robert, his president, to serve First Solutions. So you're part of the Summer Growth Series here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Can you think about a key strategic decision that you guys made, or maybe you made it with others, that has become the kind of the foundation that's enabled 
the sustained growth that you're enjoying? Sure. Okay. Well, I think that you unlocked that earlier when we talked about pivoting from the retail markets to the B2B markets. Okay. That's been paramount for us and really just taking a different uh, pool of people to, to go after and look at that uh, long term. Also, it's the type of people recruited to, to build our business with. And so we've developed an agent network over the years that are 1099 reps mm-hmm. that are exclusive to us. But we've actually looked at investing in our own people. And so we've built out an inside sales team that sits at 16 people today, which is exciting. And they're managing business all over the United States. And that's been, I think, the second piece that we can point to that's really sent us on the trajectory that we're on today. Awesome. So it's sort of a blue ocean, red ocean strategy, right? You guys found a blue ocean where there might be less competition versus the frothy red ocean where everybody was trying to make it a dime. I think so. And so you pivoted into a different direction. This is awesome. If you could give one suggestion. I believe in the power of peer learning, right? I think we learn a lot from each other. You have mentors. You probably have seen that in your career. So if you could give one suggestion or a piece of advice to other entrepreneurs who might be watching or listening to us today who are leading high-growth companies, what suggestion, insight, advice would you give to them, sure. Matthew? Well, the ones that are leading high-growth uh, companies, uh, they've always already had significant success. But I would um, just echo the fact to toe the line, stay the course. You know, these people are successful for a reason. It's because they have a vision and a passion that they've uh, started uh, the businesses with. And there's going to be a lot of naysayers out there, a lot of people saying no. And, you know, sometimes profit doesn't equate to the passion that you bring every day. Right. But I think that if that's sustained over time, uh, more often than not, you are going to be successful. I say that but also recognizing that it is important to be nimble and adaptive. That's one of the value statement that one of the values in our statement that we hold close is being able to be flexible and nimble because if you don't adapt with time and competition, then inevitably you're not going to be able to survive. I, I'm fascinated by your answer for this reason. I, um, I'm curious to watch entrepreneurs as they have to decide, do I pivot or do I stay the course? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you get false signals, right? And you can chase that signal and it acts actually not in your best interest. And there's other times you can take the ship down by being so focused on, no, this is our core market. These are our clients. YouTube must have had some of those moments of time back in the early days of, are we in the right course? Or does this other thing look better? And are we missing it by not chasing it? A hundred percent. And it comes really challenging when you're writing checks into the business to grow your vision. I think one of the things that benefited us most is that we surrounded ourselves with quality people who had already been through some of these growing pains. In fact, we have a third partner who's not here with us today, and he was there from the early days, and he's been able to cut our learning curve in half. And so I think that we can point to his experience, his knowledge, and his acumen that's really not only sharpened our saw each and every day that we're doing what we're doing, but it's cut that learning curve in half. I mean, I couldn't say that we would have had the same success that we have had today without um, his knowledge and experience. Is he a silent partner? Is he? He's not so silent in some of our meetings, but... Uh, is he yeah, okay if we said his name? Sure, yeah. His name's Rob Curry. Okay. And uh, he's uh, got 25 years plus in business, and uh, he's been our partner since day one. He's a partner in your business? He is, yeah, today. Okay. Great. Well... Let's send a shout-out to Robert. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Thank you for all your good work. Hopefully you're listening to the show. I appreciate that. Podcast. He's having surgery tomorrow morning, oh my so goodness. when he wakes up, we'll okay. send this over. What a great way to help him recover. Yeah. Our audience realizes when you are when you own a business, even in what appears to be a robust recovery, longest in history since World War II, there are still challenges that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. face, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it comes with the territory. If there was a 
current challenge that you guys are are facing into can you can you share kind of what that challenge is and what you're going to be doing about it to overcome it sure i think the challenges that we see mostly and and i'm sure robert can attest to this is um, balancing lifestyle with our business and what i mean by that is that when we started we were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed 25 years old could work 18 hours a day you didn't care we had very low financial responsibilities and now Robert and I are both married. Oh. We've got supportive wives who understand the life of an entrepreneur. But as we grow our families, Robert just brought his third child into the world. Hey, congratulations. And, uh, it's, it's really trying to reconcile <laughs> the time that you have with work to grow this machine that pays for your lifestyle right. and the time that you dedicate to your family. And I think that that's something that we're starting to learn more about. And in our world, it's not work-life balance because when one goes up, one must go down. For us, it's work-life integration. And so... Mm-hmm. Uniquely in our business, our clients are doing business all day. And so if I sign you up and you're a a wholesaler that works from 9 to 5, that's great. But we do have restaurants and bars open until 2 a.m. We've got other businesses on the East Coast. And so every minute of every day, we're processing payments. Mm. And inevitably, things come up. And so when the buck stops here at Robert and I, we have to be available for those issues. And so it's really important to learn um, how to manage that, your personal and professional life. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's number one. Okay. So, Robert, how old's your oldest child? Just show me your fingers. How old's your oldest one? Four. So you have three children, four is being the oldest one? Two. Four, two, and... No- one month. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a houseful. Boys or girls? Two girls and a boy. Okay, awesome. Okay, congratulations. Nothing's better. They're only young ones, too, baby. <laughs> a friend of mine says, long days, short years for children. The days are long, but the years go by quickly. I like to ask a guiding principle question on the show here, Matthew. Um do you have a core philosophy, or I know you do, so can you share your core philosophy that you two have been using to build the culture of the company? Sure. Okay. So we uh, developed a few years ago our mission and our vision and our values, and it's been a great document to refer to and keep us on track for what we're trying to do every day. You know, you kind of get caught up in uh, the buzz of it all when you're building a business and you're bringing in sales and you're trying to just drink out of that fire hose as best you can. But it's important to reflect on the things that we believe in. And we try to do that on a daily basis and we make it a part of our culture in the office. And the document that I'm referring to specifically is our value statement. Mm -hmm. And I think it starts with the first two values on our value statement. One is a commitment to our team members, which is super important. And like I said, we try to take a family approach to things, but unless we treat them properly and we create an environment that's fun and allows them to succeed and and we take down the barriers uh, for them to succeed, uh, it's not going to happen. And so for us, it's been really important for us to create that career path and and, and a workplace that they enjoy. And the second is our commitment to our clients. And, uh, you know, having a passion for payments is one thing, but having a passion for your clients is another. Mm -hmm. And so for us, uh, that's, you know, they pay our bills. And so we need to make sure that we're firm with how we treat them as far as our recommendations and, and whatnot, because we do see ourselves as experts in the space, but also as accommodating as we can be. So those are probably the two values that we hold close to her. And then the third, which oh. is probably the most important, sorry to put this in there, That's okay. but in, integrity of, uh, on, on top of anything else. And for us, in, in an industry where you have a lot of teaser rates and rates that adjust and that sort of thing, yeah, right. uh, I can't tell you a time in our 10-year business that we've ever increased rates arbitrarily. And um, for us, it's really important. People know what they're going to get every day and every month, and they can count on that. And it's funny enough, we don't really 
require contracts. So we're month to month. We're kind of handshake guys, wow. no early termination fees. Uh -huh. And those business decisions, I think, are really unique because you can go sign up for an account down the street. You're tied in for three years. You get a $500 early termination fee. For us, we are in the business every day, and no one seems to leave us. Great answer. I want to back up. You said passion for payments. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Do you have a passion for payments? Yeah, you know, it's part of our value statement. It's actually one of our values. Uh, it's funny because we had this uh, lively uh, debate about whether it should be in our value statement or not. I was passionate about it because you need to live every day for the industry that you're in. I don't think it's a sexy space to be in. I mean, Visa and MasterCard, you'd probably fall asleep if I was talking to you about it. But we have to be passionate about being on the front edge and the learning curve of the industry. So we try right. to have the latest technology. We try to stay up on the latest news. It's really important for us to have the passion to do those things. Yeah, because your space, from what I understand, is getting hit by technology, right? And That's the, the biggest it, disruptor. It is a disruptor, yeah. and it's focused on yeah. taking out the middlemen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, We've been around long before Stripe and Venmo and a lot of these people that are coming into the space square we were around before all of them and so it is becoming sexier to talk about these types of brands because they're disruptors right and they're millennial driven and they're technology driven and you, they're all on your phones and you can do anything at any time right. for us uh, we kind of take an old school approach and then balance it with technology as well hmm. so it's, it's best of both good, worlds it's maybe. been a good formula so far so i'm gonna have you back in a year or two or three and you, what's going to be different where, where are you two well robert taking might be place? retired by then <laughs> he'll probably have five or six kids, kids by then yeah. uh you know uh, honestly if i could tell you what would be different is i hope nothing to be quite honest okay with you. i hope that we continue to provide a workplace that's exciting for our employees and a career path for them to grow i hope that we have a really uh, great customer base that's been with us for a long time i hope that we can continue to drive profit to the bottom line and i uh, hope that we can continue to have fun each and every day and continue to evolve in the industry if all those things happen in a year or two i think i'd be pretty happy excellent where how do people learn more about your firm where do they find Serve First Solutions online if they'd like to learn Thank more. Thank you. So our domain is uh, serve-first.com. You know, everyone always asks me, why do you guys have a name called Serve First? You sound like a nonprofit. And I laugh because a couple That's of the true. early years we were a nonprofit, it seemed like. <laughs> Without the d designation, right? But um, you know, we could be you know Matt Pay or Robert Pay or Apple Pay or any of those cool you know payments companies' names. For us, if we're not serving our clients first, if we're not serving our people first, it's just not going to happen. So you can go learn more about us at serve-first.com. The servefirst.com is available. I haven't pulled a pin on the uh, domain purchaser yet, mm -hmm. so we've had the the old one for a long time. Serve-first. Well, it's been a joy to have you both on the show today. I appreciate you coming in, being a part of our special summer series. Continued success, and uh, I can't wait to have you back on the show to see what's next for you. Hey, thanks so much. We really enjoyed it today. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank our engineer, Mr. Paul Roberts, and our three producers, without whom I could not do this show each week, ladies and gentlemen. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our newest producer, who's here in the studio with us, Nicole Terry. If you'd like to connect with me, let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F R A N. ZI. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.